Hey, Tommy, how are you? Good. How are you doing, sir? Mr. Finley. Yeah, it's good to be live again. Yes. I guess, is that what this is? Well, I guess what we've decided is because it was just really hard to keep the Zoom stuff up because no matter what I did, potting your voice up was difficult. I guess what I'm saying is I kept a situation going as long as I could where your voice was at a lower level than mine, but I can't justify it any longer. Mm. Plus, neither one of us have the COVID so far, so we're just meeting at a you know sort of social distance. <coughs> <laughs> cough, cough. Um, and I wanted to come over and see your new dog anyway. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Little Elvis. Bride Lodge City's gonna set my soul. Do you know that song? Set my doggy on fire. <laughs> and Tom's got a new dog. Named Elvis. Um, do you know that song uh, by John Cougar Mellencamp? Oh, geez, I, need a, I need a girl who won't drive me crazy. I, I need a girl. Oh, it's a love. I need a love yeah, yeah, yeah. that won't drive me crazy. It's got this intro that's like... It's almost um, like progressive rock. It could almost come off of a Yes album. It's like two minutes I of I think the like, 80s were a very confusing time period for popular music, really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Bob, uh, Bruce Springsteen is my favorite example of that. It's just the guy, the, the guy who essentially was like a poetic bard, and they put all that, jam, they jazzed all the fucking music up in some 80s nonsensical thing. Born in the USA is not a happy song. Bone in the U. It's just it's the tone of his music in the '80s when he was putting up when he was recording and putting on records is completely out of set, out of step with what he's actually doing, with what he's actually talking about. Um. Well, I mean, I, you, you later on when he when he <laughs> after those later on, like if you look at some of his live performances, you see him actually doing it in a tone that kind of makes sense with what the words are. Um, I mean, in the seventies, he wasn't singing about happy things. They were pretty dark things actually. Mm -hmm. So I don't, and in the eighties, they continued to be kind of dark things, but you're saying the, like the, the musical in the dark, like that's, that's a song that needs to be done at a lower, in a lower key and a lower yeah. tone. Yeah. And with a Bruce, like a speech, like we used to, let me tell you about what we used to do. Yeah. We used to dance and look like an eight minute speech. It, and we couldn't afford electricity and the whale oil would run out. <laughs> so we'd dance on the pond. <laughs> yeah. No, your like, point so, is well made. Uh, yeah, well, well, but anyway, so that, that just John Cougar Mellencamp song. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's a tool. No, no. It's your input actually sort of improves the, situ the, the comment here or you the observation if it's a good one at all. Because that song for two minutes is like really kind of interesting. It has all this great musicianship. It's like da na na na. It goes this long sort of intro for like two minutes, and then all of a sudden it just sort of lands on I need a love, and it's like oh man, it's, it's, <laughs> I forgot this was a John Cougar <laughs> Mellencamp song. They didn't actually think this song out. Yeah, I think I, that's to me. I want to talk about that. In the context of the movie I want to talk about next. <laughs> was, wow. <laughs> subtly, subtly he approaches the You know, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's 1966's The, um, oh, what the fuck is the name of it? Sorry, our Japanese movie. Oh, uh, Daimajin. Daimajin, the Daimajin. Yeah, well, I, Daimajin, uh, Daimajin, Daimajin, the monster of horror is, is, I think, the official title of the movie. Well, there's and there's a trilogy that year of Daimajin movies, yeah, yeah. right? So, so I only saw the one based on your recommendation. 1966 mm -hmm. is the Daimajin. Because so I'm going to make the, 
I'm gonna, just to draw back to the John Cougar Mellon campism of the whole thing. <laughs> this is maybe my favorite analogy that's ever been drawn on this. Okay. <laughs> because sure. I, I think I'll make the, the holistic, the broad statement first, mm. then we can go to the, this is a movie that, uh, first of all, I had very low expectations. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, everything about it, the poster, the description just looks like this is going to be a, an abortion of a movie, <laughs> just a fucking shit movie. Mm-hmm. So when it was not only not a shit movie it was quite a good movie yep. i was very surprised and 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 more and more invested as the minutes went on mm-hmm. until and this is what's gonna drive you crazy <laughs> the actual payoff the of the movie 20 minutes of the movie i'm like are you fucking <laughs> shitting me uh-huh. this is awful mm-hmm. i mean it is simply a very good movie for 80 percent, and then a dreadful dreadful you're talking but, about when the creature comes to yeah, when the, the wind vengeance arrives but look any anyone who like teaches writing or takes <laughs> writing seriously for <laughs> instance and writing can stand in as as directing or any of the crafts involved in in, in movie making knows this you can start with something but don't be so committed you can start with an idea, but don't be so committed to staying to that idea that you force the idea in despite it's interrupting good stuff that came <laughs> as a result. So this movie is like, it has all this beautiful stuff about, I guess you'd say like feudal Japanese warlord, um, coup. Uh, uh, um, it's got the the lost, the nope. lost royalty, the kid story right. coming back. Right. It, it has, I think, Gorgeous cinematography. Yeah. I think the music choices, I actually think until that last 20 minutes, the oh. acting is fantastic. And then, oh, wait, we forgot to throw in Statue Rock Monster. <laughs> Fuck off. You've got to be kidding me. I, I, I would say this to begin with, and then I'll just give you the, the wheel for however long you want. I would say this. If you get to about an hour and six minutes into the film, just shut it off, and you've seen a good film. Don't that's watch not a bad, the last that's part of the actually not a bad idea. You just, because just imagine gonna, the vengeance arriving, and you're good. And you're not, or in, maybe not arriving. By the way, it forecasts some vengeance as a cyclical thing in the beginning, anyway. So it's not even like you're missing the vengeance altogether. Right, 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 right. So I would just say, like, there's just no need for what they decided to shoehorn in at the end. It will only make you mad. <laughs> Well, okay, so let me give you my, a little bit of context on this one. I, I used to, when I was a kid, I saw this movie, I was like five or six or something like that. Yeah. Fucking love it. It took me forever to find the goddamn name of the movie. Okay. Eventually, at some point, I had to just Google giant uh, samurai statue. I had to like go- I had to like Google the parts of it to be able to find the name of the Home movie. Depot Garden. Uh, 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 Garden Gnome would be amazing. No monster. But, movie. but 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 here but here's the thing is when I was when I was five or six that fucking monster was awesome. That was my favorite thing in the whole goddamn movie. Yeah. Rewatching it now as an adult, yeah, it's pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You could get to the point where just before uh, the giant uh, samurai uh, the giant samurai statue comes to life and wreaks vengeance on the town, you could stop it like right there, and that would yeah, you're right. It would be much better movie frankly and by the way it's it lest you think it's a matter of just the the poor um graphics or whatever which are bad it's pretty bad stop action animation but if if you were able to do remake it it would still be a poor choice even if you had really good computer graphics because it's not the problem it's it's that it exists in the last part of the movie even that's a problem to me because and and i tried to think this through i tried to be really Mm. fair about it because you know how can i how can i say that when i love like ovid for instance 
Ovid is full of stories of similar, like something came to life, and then and 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 um, uh, the Odyssey, the Odyssey, you know, and the and the men were turned into pigs, and it's like oh, I accept it there, so why not here? I don't know, but I don't. Hmm. It's because the I, honestly, I think it's as much as anything, it's because the visuals just were not up to par for what the idea is not up to par. It's a beautiful story. You don't need a rock coming to life to scare people. Yeah, it's but this unnecessary is the, on the, the height of level. giant monsters in Japanese culture being a big thing. I don't know. I don't. I think that yes. really is what's going on. There. But you're talking from like, like that's a, how they sold movies. A, a cinematic anthropological point of view. Like, which it's is two teenagers from two houses that hate each other, right? They fall in love, <laughs> and then they they finally they get together despite the fact that their houses hate each other, and that there's this huge. But but then a giant crab comes out and kills everybody in the but, town. But if like, but it's, like I think that's how they sold movies. But it's terrible and. And it's like you can't, I don't think you can go on tradition here because you and I will mostly agree that when someone just sort of um, all of a sudden busts out with a jazz song and dance as a response to somebody's question, it's terrible. And the answer can't be, oh, yeah, but we've always been doing that. It's but, like, yeah, but it's always been terrible. No, yeah, we all, okay. let's, let's be honest. As far as I am concerned, uh, the notion that something is traditional, that's a, that's a terrible reason to continue it. To, I agree. That's what I'm that's, saying. There's never, ever, ever been a good reason. Right. Ever. Uh, for anything. I mean, if it's good unto itself, that's the reason. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and well, I don't no, think yeah. it is. I just don't think it's justified. But I, but but I say that only as a sort of contrast to the the remarkable eighty percent of the movie that I really liked. It was really good. Yeah, and even though even though in there they're sort of playing with a stereotypical thing, like you said, it's pretty much fairy tale. Uh, you know, the, uh, the 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 coup comes in. Uh, they manage to rescue the the children of the old lord or whatever. You know, and then they live in some in this like you know they're they're hunting squirrels and shit in a cave. Uh, and they're, but they're still alive, and they're guarded by one guy. Like there's a lot of sort of, you know, sure. uh, like sort of the mythology of mythologies going on there. But um, yeah, even then, it's as you said, it's beautifully shot. Uh, it's very decently acted. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the movie, but uh, that ending is I, is is, is, it's is a, rough. It's, it's a rough ending, man. Yeah, it's a rough ending. Um, so rough landing. Yeah, continue. Well, I don't know what else to say, man. <laughs> I think this might be one of our shortest episodes. Well, let's just say, I mean, yeah, because uh, yeah, this is no, this is this this comfort of you trying to push this episode past ten minutes and eleven seconds is worth it to me by itself. Well, let's just let's keep pushing it. One Mississippi and two. I mean, the, it's the, weird. We I don't know the, the, the actors because normally we, I guess, we talk about the actors or mm -hmm. this or that. Mm -hmm. Cinematography was really good in this movie. Yeah, this is, that's kind of it. They um, okay. Well, let but me. It's not like it's not like it's not like extraordinary or anything like that. Okay, so so here's something I was thinking about. There's no Kurosawa. Let's well, honest. I was thinking about Kurosawa when I was Ooh. when I was watching this, hmm. and I was thinking about how. Um, it, there are some languages, ja Japanese. I guess any, the. I guess possibly any Asiatic language, but I'd say Chinese and, and Japanese. What about German movies? Dirty knees. <laughs> German is another one. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, oh, Italian's one for sure. Where um, you ha the language itself is kind of to English ears mm -hmm. tonally ridiculous. I'm going to be careful how I say that because I, mm. I would assume that English is also tonally ridiculous if, you're, if you only speak Italian or you only speak Chinese too. So it's, it's just a matter of your context, right? right I'm not right. criticizing the language itself. But 
for me with my Western ears, when acting is not, I don't want to say bad, maybe just mediocre, it blares at me. And overacting in these movies, so that's the, the, that's the problem I have with Rashomon, the beloved, <laughs> the beloved Rashomon, right? Yeah, yeah, Which right. everyone cites as Kurosaki's, and I just think Kur- it's to be Kurosawa. such a... Kurosawa's absolute nightmare. <laughs> um, because every... Every overacting moment is amplified by this sort of crazy, to my ears, tonality, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so that is something that I found risky in this movie because it's like, oh, you're already on shaky ground. In my bias going into the movie with like, oh boy, Japanese monsters, something or other. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was really on the lookout. So in a way, what I, what it's coming around to is like it. It, I have an extra radar, I think, in my mind, for bad acting in this language, and it, I thought it was really good. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't want to say restrained as far as Japanese acting goes. Mm-hmm. There's always a moment in every Japanese movie that I love. It's where like the main bad guy has just kind of fucking had it. He goes like he just makes that noise right there. I resisted for 12 minutes and 42 seconds without doing any Asian accent. And I'm so glad that you're taking all the blame, Tom Smith, for this. Yeah, try to find me. Yeah. Um, no, I just there's something like I love that. I always find that very satisfying. I wish our to- I wish our language had that tone in it. I have a just specific- like oh fuck thing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I have more to say, but I'm not going to. So, um, uh, the color also. Um, reminds me of a movie that is not is very much insulting uh, uh, to Asian cultures, but I, we love this movie. It's Soldier of Fortune. It has the same sort kind of, of saturated gray grainy. and red grainy colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I loved that aspect of it. Um, I loved what they did with clearly oftentimes fake sets, but I thought they did a kind of an interesting job of, of um, framing it mm-hmm. in a way. And that's all I have to say about this movie, which I liked, but I'm not sure what else to say about it. Well, I, I guess I, the last thing I would say about it is, as I said, I watched this when I was five or six, and re-watching it, mm-hmm. I was like, God damn, what, am I, what were my fucking parents thinking? <laughs> there's some like graphic, there's some the, the heavy torture scene. I remember all the, when oh, I was a yeah. kid, I was super impressed by all the parts that yeah. now I'm thinking, Oh, maybe not the best for a kid to be watching. Like the graphic torture thing, I remember that. It was like the number one thing I remembered out of the whole thing. And then after that, it was the monster. But, you know, like I was rewatching it, it was, um, yeah, overall, like the, it was a good, you know, pretty decent movie. Yeah, it even had some aspects of suffering that were, I think, really kind of, it reminded me there's a Robert. It's a little cartoony almost, but, but they managed to kind of make it seem like it, they might have done, might, might, might have happened. Yeah, well, I remember there's a, a great movie called The Fog of War. It's a documentary oh, by Robert McNamara. I fucking love that movie. It's a great movie. But McNamara talks about World War II when they were making, I think it was in Burma, they were um, making landing strips for refueling planes. Mm-hmm. And they had these really crude, um, what essentially would be like steamrollers, but they were just, they had they were like dragged along by ropes. Yeah. But, but they were on such a, a schedule that if somebody tripped and fell and that thing just went over them, according to McNamara, everyone would just sort of laugh, pave over the guy, and then move on. And it was like that was the cost of human life. And I, I, I'm I don't not know, dead. You're the historian Splatter, here, Splatter. but I wonder during this sort of you know um, warlord, feudal warlord time, if it's like I'm, I, there's an interesting, there's a philosopher, and I forget his name, but um, he mentions like you know. Human for most of human existence, hmm? you saw fewer people than you're apt to see in an airport in five minutes. 
today. In your lifetime. In your whole lifetime, right? So I'm wondering, like, also if that's part of it, these civilizations that, that grow, it's part of the storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. These civilizations that grow and they see what in their mind is this population explosion, right? Right. Um, if it if it's sort of maybe that's um, an aspect of a, the lessening of human life or something like that. And that makes for interesting storytelling. And yeah. also brings us up to 15 minutes and uh, 40 seconds. <laughs> I can't believe you, well, what you actually the, got me to like this movie. And then we kind of have nothing to say about it. I, yeah, well, because we don't know any of the actors. It's Japanese you acting. I said don't even, that twice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's acting from another culture. So sometimes it's a little hard to be able to make a, to make a decent commentary about that. Yeah. I don't know. From a historical standpoint, it's one of those... Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the power of the sort of the aristocracy in Japan was, was damn near absolute. So, the, so like the suffering that, that was being inflicted on the peasantry here uh, could definitely have happened. It probably wasn't, wouldn't have been a smart idea for the reason you see in the movie. <laughs> eventually, eventually they, they, they pick up, they, they have access to bricks and they might come and kill you. Yeah. All right. So to wrap up what is still the shortest episode in Finley's history. Hey, man. Fucking brevity, man. I definitely give this, uh, out of four stars, I'd give it a definite two and a half. I think I'm going to say three, I'm actually. I'm going to go three, three. Uh, yeah. I liked it. And it could have been higher, but, you know. Yeah, that ending kind of Peter goes off a cliff. But it's, what, I'll tell you what, from that standpoint, it might be a good movie to watch with your kids. Because I think the ending pays to a child's mind more than, more than it does an adult. Maybe it kind of actually is. Maybe um, just mine. <laughs> Maybe it's a good movie for 2020 also because it's like, hey, you know, things aren't so bad. Like, rock monster, what? Uh, I don't know, man. Okay. Know. All right. Nothing's uh, good for 2020, Joseph. Let's not fool ourselves. We should talk about that off mic. I got some interesting oh, no. theories about things you've, you've been theorizing about lately, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, love you, Tommy. Love you. Let's move on. I.